Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Werbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today is Robert Williams, a partner in our Sydney, Australia office who runs our hotel group. I was so enthusiastic to have this conversation with Robert that I am doing it with very little voice left. Thank you all for your patience. Today, we'll be discussing displaying art in hotels and the related issues we should be aware of. Before we begin our conversation, I'd like to remind you that anything discussed in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we're not providing any legal advice. Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to talk to you, Diana. You bring such an interesting perspective to this discussion because we have so far already in this podcast talked about art in the context of private collectors buying it for their homes, as well as museum issues. And hotels are, I would say, a newer space that we think about when we think about the display of art. And what would you say is the spark of this? And is this something that you saw in the most recent years? Or is it something that you've seen evolve as how hotels interact with art and artists? Hotels have embraced art for a long, long time either because the owner of the particular property has access to that art or because they want to make statements in their public spaces. We are seeing a much tighter convergence now, and that is really driven by the hotel sector's rush towards the boutique and lifestyle space. As travellers are more and more millennial and broad-minded, we're seeing the traditional hotel brands needing to reinvent and diversify their offering. The boutique and lifestyle sector certainly is image and experience-led. Art plays into that just terrifically well. Do you see a different trend in the way that globally branded hotels are approaching acquiring art for their public spaces versus the way that the boutique hotels are looking to do it? It really depends on brand. Some of the bigger groups and the W brand part of the Marriott portfolio would be a a good example. W has been design-led since its inception. W would have a view that they're certainly global and good company, but are very focused on both the design of of their properties and as the key part of that, the artwork within them. The JW Marriott, which is part of the same group in Singapore, is an incredible property and art isn't uh, an ancillary feature of that hotel lobby. If you've ever walked through it, it's more gallery than hotel, in fact. Small hotels and certainly boutique groups are more nimble in that they don't have the constraints of the really massive global structures. Particularly in Asia Pacific, where I spend most of my time, we're seeing boutique groups be more actively embrace art as a key way to differentiate and distinguish their public spaces and really engage with both the public and their guests. 
Do you find that they're looking to display iconic pieces? They have an association then with the hotel, connect the artwork and the hotel in clients' minds? Or are you finding that they're trying to switch what's on the walls based on the seasons to give clients a different experience when they visit? We see both. There are certainly some groups that are engaging with a specific artist or a group of artists for bespoke pieces for their properties, but which then provide a consistent thread across their properties. In bigger properties for a long, long time, probably more sculpture than painted or printed art. Sculpture really has a fascinating way of occupying space. Hotel lobbies in some ways can look a little gallery-like in that they offer a lovely space within which to profile sculpture. We've seen, and any traveler would see across Asia, some really stunning pieces in both old and new hotels. You mentioned hotels wanting a consistent thread. Do you find that they're able to do that by shopping for existing art, or do you find that that then creates a need for them to be commissioning works of art for artists to create specifically for their hotels? There's probably an economic element to that. I I imagine commissioning an emerging artist for a range of pieces across a number of properties. Remember, hotels are big spaces on the whole. They need a volume of material to fill their walls and spaces. And part of that is furniture, but part of that is also sculpture and art. I think we see both. The hotel owners, particularly high net worth owners, they're global investors and they scour markets, auctions, and pick up pieces for their family that are individual and unique and they're not looking to replicate. But the newer more boutique end of the market those group they are looking to create a brand story imagery their own corporate imagery as well as then the art they profile in their properties reflects the feel and the vibe of their brand and their property so i think commissioning an artwork is a great way of helping to ensure that messaging is consistent You mentioned hotel owners scouring and and looking for art. In the U.S., what we have seen quite a lot is that if we have a collector who's passionate about art, they'll have art in their private homes, but then they'll also tend to lend the artwork to their offices in their companies. So their employees are able to have the experience of the art. They still have the experience of the art. Are you finding that that's the same with hotels, that it is art that's being purchased by the owners and being used by the hotels? Or is it the corporate structures that are looking to buy the art as a business asset? For more interesting artworks, I think it's the former. The acquisition of interesting pieces is probably traditionally has been led more by the individual owner, if for no other reason than those pieces are a significant investment and the hotel operator is unlikely to initiate that outside of the initial design process when the hotel is conceptualised and commissioned. More recently, for boutique owner-operator brands, which really are a major feature of the Asian market, maybe those groups in a more corporate sense are looking for bringing that imagery in as part of their wider corporate branding profile. As you had mentioned that 
some of these lobbies are starting to look more like gallery space than your traditional thought of hotel lobby. That's usually when we think of gallery space, we think of very curated spaces. Are you finding that hotels are hiring art curators on their staff to handle the collections and how they're displayed? The groups are probably more likely to engage consultants in my part of the world anyway. Certainly at a global level, the major corporates as they're designing their brand toolkit will engage art consultants I'm sure, and would have some very polished people in-house in Asia-Pacific. So I think the profile is probably more of freelance consultants who can be brought in for a specific project or a specific period of time rather than anyone the hotel groups would necessarily have on their staff full-time. As we talk about these hotel lobbies being more like galleries, and we talk about, you mentioned sculptures, not only then do you have to deal with the public space of having things on your wall and making sure that that stays safe from damage, but that also now you have people that are walking around these sculptures. There's always some concern about damage or theft related to them. How are you finding that the hotels are addressing those risks? It's a very good question. And in Asia, that's very topical at the moment when you look at hong kong if you're an owner of a property in kowloon or mongkok or the Wan chai you'd be fairly focused on protecting your hotel asset but also your staff and the artwork that you might have in those public areas hotels they want to be accessible they want the public coming in and using their food and beverage as much as the hotel guests they want to be activating space which means they need to be accessible with that, as you say, comes a degree of risk, particularly if, if you're showcasing really often bespoke and very valuable pieces of art in those public areas. I think from security on the door through to CCTV, through to strategic positioning of the artworks, there are various measures that the hotel operators take. As these pieces are in what are essentially public areas, there's no doubt they're a little at risk. An additional risk that you have in the hotel space is that so many of these hotels can be in resort areas, beautiful beaches, which just puts them at a bit more of a risk of hurricanes, different natural types of disasters that they can be exposed to. One thing that we find that the hotels are like any other museum or artist studio where you have a plan in place to deal with those precautions that need to be taken in case there is a weather issue that comes up. That's definitely something that we see that our plans that are set in place outside of the day-to-day concerns. And we've also talked about before planning for political risks. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We have a client who has a property in the Maldives, beautiful resort, and they had a quite a stunning sculpture installed by his name is Jason DeCares Taylor. Big steel installation which went into the water, partly underwater, partly out of the water, and it featured figures. And there was a an interesting moment politically in, in the midst of an election in the Maldives where the Maldives government decided that that artwork offended Islam. And so the police turned up and destroyed it. And that's really tragic. It shows you the power of art. Art can be very provocative, and often it's meant to be. And sometimes that isn't well received. 
in the same way that hotels are terrific employers and economic drivers for their local community, they obviously look to blend in and assimilate with their local community. I think the lesson from that was that everyone needs to be slightly more mindful of the context. It reminds us of our art's power to be controversial and provocative. We've been focusing on this discussion on art in hotel spaces, but I'm also very attuned to the fact that our discussions have generally around whether has been focused about parallels that we're seeing in different industries. While we focused on art, another industry that I'm sure it can be said that there are some parallels in this discussion is with fashion. Are you seeing a intersection between the fashion industry and hotel brands? Very much. And it's really consistent with what I mentioned before about that push towards boutique and lifestyle and the challenge of making hotel properties more relevant to today's traveller. And we've seen collaborations between, one example would be Diana von Furstenberg has curated a couple of rooms at the Hayman Island Resort, which is now an intercontinental property in Australia's Whitsunday Islands. We've also seen major brands like Marriott invest in groups like Bulgari to try and roll out and so that case jewelry a really top tier luxury brand and not just the brand name but also everything that that brand embodies brings a much more interesting profile and guest experience to a property than perhaps one of the more traditional lodging brands. As a lover of travel, I could continue to talk about hotels for quite a long time, Robert. (laughs) But I will end with just one more question for you. All the hotels that you've worked on, do you have a favorite piece of art that is displayed in the hotels? There is a Grand Hyatt property in Melbourne that has in its lobby an absolutely stunning piece of artwork. I admire that every time I'm in Melbourne and, and at that property. I think it's very special. There's a property in Hong Kong called the Upper House that has some sculpture in it that is also quite arresting. I think it would be the the Grand Hyatt Lobby in Melbourne and the um, Upper House in Hong Kong. I'm absolutely a fan of that sculpture at the Upper House as well, and I will pay even closer attention to it next time I'm in Hong Kong for Hong Kong Art Basel, knowing now that it's one of your favorites. Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure discussing this art law topic with you. Great talking with you too, Diana. Thank you very much. To all our listeners out there, thank you for listening. And if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out.